Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here today on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and all of those who have been like mothers to people in their lives. There are a lot of maternal gifts that have been given to people um, and shared. So thank you to everyone who has served in that way to someone in your life. A um, couple of quick announcements. Uh, tomorrow night we have uh, an endowment committee meeting at seven o'clock um, here at church. And then we have our board of directors meeting Tuesday at 6.30. Uh, the agenda for that will be coming out later today. Um, and I want to remind everyone that those meetings are open to 
everyone. Um, you don't have to be on the board to be present. Um, and we've made it a point to add a separate section for public comments and questions. Um, I think we fell out of the habit of that during COVID because we were trying to keep groups small when we were gathering. So I uh, want to remind everyone that you are welcome to come to those meetings and hear all what's going on. Um, do you have some other stuff? I think I stole one of yours. That's okay. <laughs> um, don't laugh. It's a cold. It's not allergies. Okay, we're going to open on a really happy note because some of you may know that yesterday was AJ's birthday. So we all need to wish AJ a happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear AJ. Happy birthday to you. And then we're having, um, there's going to be a rummage sale here Friday and Saturday. The Work and Play Cafe will be using the Fellowship Hall for a rummage sale. And then on May 24th, get your Chinese cravings all ready because we're going to be going down to Dundee to Chinese siblings. Si siblings? Sizzling. 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 Sibling. I'm sure there's some siblings that work there. Um, okay, that's on May 24th on Wednesday uh, at 1130. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else got anything for the good of the cause? All right. I would like to ask you to please rise as you are able, and we are going to turn things over to our praise band to get us started. Okay. Good morning. Let's stand together for everyone who is able. Otherwise, just remain seated and sing out. Our first song is the one printed in your bulletin. Hear our praises and then we will be seated for our second song in the red folder. But for this one, let's stand and raise our praise for Hear Our Praises. May our homes be filled with dancing. May our streets be filled with joy.
just today and at this time I'd like to invite those of you that are able to stand to join with me in reading together our opening prayer loving God in whom we live and move and have our being help us to choose life in you that we may keep the commands of Jesus, follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and worship to the hope that is within us, sharing Christ's love in the world. Amen. You may be seated. One other quick announcement that I forgot. Um, with your bulletin this morning, you should have received a letter. Um, it's explaining some uh, changes and updates to some committees. Um, so please, if you have a chance, look that over. I will actually be staying uh, after service with you for fellowship. Um, I've got someone filling in Macon. That way, if there's any questions or anything about what's in that letter, uh, I can do my best to answer that. And so I could have some time with you guys. So, um, all right. God, the divine giver, gifts us with life and breath and all that is. In gratitude, let us offer our gifts in return for the goodness and grace of God in Christ. Thank you. 
you'd rise as you are able and join in our doxology number 95 in the hymnal. God, we give you thanks that you have placed in the hearts of your faithful people the gift of generosity and the desire to keep your commands. Bless these gifts and use them to reveal to all tribes, nations, and peoples your love in Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated, and it is now a time for all of God's children. I'd like to invite our children and youth to come hang out with me, but remember you are all children of God, so everyone is invited to come up and hang out. Okay. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Have you sold drinks yet? Nope, not yet. Please, tomorrow. We'll see. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. once it runs out over the summer, maybe do it. No, uh, we're not gonna tomorrow do it. Tomorrow. We'll see. Let's not, no, I don't want you to do that because I don't have sick around. All right. So, this month, do you remember what we're learning about? No. Uh, <laughs> I did last we're learning about Peter and Peter's ministry work. Peter was one of the... De- one of the people God called. So today, I'm going to read you a story where Peter is called to do God's work and heal Tabitha. So do you guys remember anything about Peter? No. It's okay. It was a very busy week, I know. What? That I think, so like, okay, yep, I forgot too. That's okay. All right, so. Here, this is Tabitha, and this is Peter, okay? And so he comes to heal her. I'm going to tell you that story, okay? So there was a disciple named Tabitha. She loved and cared for everyone who was in need. She made tunics and clothing to give away to people. Tabitha became very sick, and she died. Her friends washed her body and laid her body on a bed. Her friends were very sad. They heard that Peter was nearby, so they sent two people to find him. The two people found Peter and begged him to come back to Tabitha's house. So Peter went with them. Peter entered Tabitha's room. All of Tabitha's friends were there crying. Peter asked everyone to leave Tabitha's room. He knelt down and prayed. Then Peter said, Tabitha, get up. Tabitha opened her eyes and sat up. Peter helped her stand as they, all, as they called all of Tabitha's friends back into the room. Tabitha was alive. So what do you think about that? Yeah. It was like uh, logic, like, like real life, like anime logic. I don't know, like, so like, 
the disciples were like watching him, and Peter came and was like praying, and then, and then story, and then anime logic just started, came up, and then boom, she's alive. Okay. Do you remember another story where somebody had died and someone brought them back from the dead? Oh, I guess it's about Do you remember when Jesus did that with Lazarus? Yeah. And so now Peter did that for Tabitha. How cool is that? All right. Can we do a repeat after me prayer? All right. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you for giving us. Thank you for giving us. People we can count on. People we can count on. Amen. Amen. Okay, one more thing. You ready? That's right. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Awesome. You guys did a great job. Thank you for coming and hanging out. If you want to grab a sucker, you can. And then I think Miss Sarah's got some stuff for you guys in Sunday school. And I'd like to invite the rest of you to rise as you are able and join in hymn number 101 from All That Dwells Below the Skies. seated. 
Now is the time that we bring before God and God's people the things that weigh upon our hearts and our minds, as well as those that give us cause for celebration. Do we have any joys or concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? Um, we had a phone call from Bill Myers last night, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, with an update on Margie. She had her final surgery on her right leg. It's, they had to put another bone in and stretch the leg so they equal. <laughs> um, that's, that's done, they took the halo off of her neck, her head, and put a collar on. So the only other thing they have to do is some minor things, and the doctor said if that all goes well, they'll be able to put her in a wheelchair so she can at least sit up for a while. So on top of all that, Bill said thank you for all the prayers and joys and concerns that this church has given Margie. So thank you. Do we have any others? Okay. If you would turn to hymn number 177 for our invitation to prayer. our prayers this morning when you hear me say the words Lord in your mercy I invite you to reply with the words receive our prayer let us give thanks to God who listens and gives heed to our prayers we praise and we bless you our true and loving God we pray for all who search for you may they find their way in you bless us with lips that sing your praises and lives that tell the stories of all that you have done for us. Open our eyes to find you among us as we share your love with others. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayers. We pray for all who are oppressed by governments or institutions, for those whose voices are not heard or believed, those with no one on their side. Bless us with the joy for justice and the strength to persevere as we work toward your coming realm. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayers. We pray for all who hunger and those who worry each day how they will find or how they will care for their families. Bless us all with meaningful work and fill us with good things as we love and care for each other and find our sustenance in you. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayers we pray for all who suffer the violence and scars of war for all soldiers and their families and all who live and serve in war-torn places give them courage in the face of fear in times of trouble do not let their feet slip bless us with your vision of peace 
for you have made us one family by giving life and breath to all. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. We pray for all who are in need of healing this day, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally, those who are struggling anywhere in their lives. We especially lift up Margie and pray for her healing that she would be able to return to a sense of normalcy in her life soon. Lord, in your mercy, receive our prayer. We remember before you all who have died and pray for all who will die today that they may know your peace. Bless us with the gift of faith that we may know you and love you and enjoy life eternal shared with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to join me now in our prayer for illumination. Come, Holy Spirit, our helper and advocate. Open our hearts and minds this day. Entice us with your presence. Spark us with a word of life, a message that we may share with others as we seek to live Christ's love in the world. All this we ask in the name of God, who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. As we remember the story that was shared with our youth today about Peter, this is Peter's first letter that he wrote. It's found in the New, Cha uh, New Testament. Uh, we'll be reading together and listening to 1 Peter, third chapter, verses 13 to 22. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it's better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. 
He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago, when God had had waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. At this time, I invite you to be a little bit more organized than I am. <laughs> I invite you to turn in your red hymnals, page 147, All Things Bright and Beautiful. And if you're able, I invite you to stand as we sing. Again, page 147, all things bright and beautiful.
right. Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Acts, the 17th chapter. Um, it's on page 1098, verses 22 through 31. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he gives himself, or rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would join me once again in an attitude of prayer. God of all creation, you call us into community, into your family, as beloved and cherished siblings in your son, Jesus Christ. And when we come together, we are better we learn from one another, we help each other grow, we support one another, we lift our praises to you together. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds to inspire us in new ways, authentic ways, that we can come together, be in community together, and share your love and grace with all the world. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hello again to all of you, both those who are here in person and those of you who are joining us online via Facebook or YouTube, our podcast, or listening in on our call-in number. Thank you again for joining and participating in our worship service this morning. I want to remind you that each and every single one of you is a blessing to this world, possibly beyond your knowledge and understanding. You are also cherished siblings in Christ, beloved children of God, and forever and always loved unconditionally. This morning we're going to continue in our sermon series for the season of Easter, also known as the Great 50 Days, the time between Easter Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. 
Our series, Building Blocks, will carry us through Pentecost Sunday this year, which we will be celebrating at the end of the month. Now, we've been working together as we've journeyed through this series with some stories of the early church. And it's my hope that by examining and diving deeper into these stories, we might learn more about some fundamentals of faith. Now, the assigned scripture readings for these seven weeks include several stories you're probably familiar with and might expect, including the story of Doubting Thomas and the road to Emmaus that we've used already in the beginning weeks. But there are also going to be some stories you may be less familiar with, including when Paul preaches in the Areopagus, which was a space to the northwest of the Acropolis in Athens, Greece, used by the rulers of that area for holding trials, engaging in debates, and for discussing other important matters. Something to also remember, as I previously mentioned, is that some of these stories actually happen chronologically after Pentecost, but they're arranged in this order as the season of Easter builds towards the events of Pentecost Sunday, events that are very significant to the story of our faith and the early church. One of the main questions that we've been trying to work through together during this time is what commitments are foundational to our Christian identity? And it's not insignificant that as Christians we claim belief in things that we cannot see. We experience the resurrected Christ. We also learn to share in community and to ask questions as we grow in faith, while also drawing connections for those with other beliefs. Another critical thing to remember is that as Christians, we draw strength from shared prayer, and that we have come to value all people as a part of the body of Christ. So this morning, as we dive back into our reading from the book of Acts, we turn our attention to our message titled, Sharing Our Faith. When Sarah and I were first married, we owned a home in my hometown. It was a nice three level with a sub-basement, all hardwood floors, three bedrooms, detached garage, so on. And it had been pretty well maintained overall, so most of our initial work inside were changing aesthetics, like painting, whatnot, that kind of thing. But one thing really struck out as strange to us. In the basement, like the family room area, the light switches for the bathroom were on the outside of the bathroom. Now, we never got an answer from the previous owner as to why this might have been done. And I had plans to eventually move them so that they would be inside the bathroom, like you'd expect them to be. But until that time, we would always have to tell our guests, hey, by the way, light switches for the downstairs bathroom are on the outside of the door, so don't go in groping around in the dark trying to find something that's not there. There were no windows in that bathroom, so it was very, very dark until you turned the light on. It also made for some interesting parties when somebody would mess with someone who was in the bathroom and turn the lights off on them. But if only... Life were always so uncomplicated, instructions always so clear. Not that the lights being on the outside were uncomplicated, 
and that was actually something more of an inconvenience. But in regard to giving straightforward and simple directions on how to navigate the situation, the part was, that part was relatively easy and uncomplicated. And if only God would always tell us clearly where to turn on the light, how nice would that be? Yet, it is the way of things that we put our hands out into the dark and run them up and down the wall, trying our best to find what is not in the place we are looking for it. We grope, we grasp into the darkness, hoping to find what we expect and are searching for, that our fingertips might graze across that switch that will bring light and clarity. You know, it often seems like the world does not even know us in the church. Sometimes it cannot even say where in town to find our buildings. And part of the challenge that the church faces is that we have so many audiences to reach. And we engage in this groping struggle, not, not only for God, but for our purpose in our particular contexts. Look at our own church, for example. We have the audience of our current membership and constituents. We have the audience at Bishop Elementary in the Lincoln Consolidated School District. Furthermore, we have the audience of the children and families that come to our play days. We have an audience in the Girl Scout troop that meets here. We have a newer audience in the Work and Play Cafe that they have, we have started to work with and are getting to know better. And then, of course, we have the audience of the people we are trying to share the good news with, those people who have not yet come to know God. That's a lot of different audiences. But it is the truth of our time and place that the God we love and seek may be largely unknown to the people that we meet throughout our daily lives. At the town meeting, or the presidential caucus, or the big box store, or the coffee shop, the diner, the grocery store, the pharmacy. You get the idea. And people find their way to us when they come for different reasons now, not to be part of a thriving mainstream institution, but questioning, seeking, groping for a sense of purpose and meaning. When people do come to us, when death, loss, distraction, or a joyful event bring people through our doors who do not know us well already, how do we welcome them? How are we showing them the hospitality that Jesus showed and still shows? How are we receiving them into the love and grace of God? It's one thing to be friendly. And please, please, please be friendly. And I know that you are. Just don't stop being friendly. But we have to also recognize that the things we do and the ways we do them can look kind of strange and unaccustomed to those outside of our context. A pastor from the USA Presbyterian Church once shared a story about the time one of her college-aged sons brought his girlfriend to a worship service. They sit down in a pew, get themselves all settled. 
make some small talk with other people sitting around them, look through the bulletin, typical kind of stuff. And the organist begins playing the prelude music, and people continue to filter into the sanctuary, finding their seats. And that particular Sunday, the pastor and the choir were processing into the sanctuary. As the choir entered in, the girlfriend noticed that they were all wearing robes. And the young woman turned to her boyfriend and genuinely and sincerely asked him, are all the singers in the National Honor Society? Because that was her context, and that was her experience when it came to robes like the choir was wearing. Something we need to constantly be aware of and thinking about is that if our practices are mysterious, then our stories may sound quaint and arcane. That brings us to Paul at the Areopagus. Told you we'd get to this story. Our hero, because Paul really is our hero in the Acts of the Apostles, he takes what is in front of him, the worship of an unknown God by the Athenians, and he forms an argument to sway them to believing in his God. Notice I said he formed an argument, because that is what happened in the Areopagus. They held trials and debates. It was a space dedicated to presenting arguments and discussions. And by doing it this way that he did, Paul shows some knowledge of their context, and he develops his argument organically. It is not only relatable for the people, but it is authentic and honest. Something we need to keep in mind as we go about working for and alongside God in this world is that all ministry takes place in a particular time and place. All ministry takes place among people with stories and places with a past. I want you to take some time this week and, and think about how you would describe the nature of our community. Do the people who work close by live close by? Do the people who worship together resemble the people who drive or walk by without stopping? How does our congregation, our faith community, reflect, or not, the surrounding community? Paul says a lot of things throughout the New Testament, an awful lot. Some things are, are easier to digest than others. Some are more controversial than others. But in this instance, Paul points us towards finding the connection between the ways that we are groping for God. And together we can find what we grope for in the dark and help others to find it as well. Paul demonstrated love and compassion in forming his arguments in approaching the people at the Areopagus that day by relating to them in a manner they were familiar with. That is something that is a reflection of what God does. God meets us where we are. And it is on us to do the same for others when they come through those doors to meet them where they are, to give them the context, and to work together to share our faith. Amen.
I invite you to rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 156, I Love to Tell the Story.
Beloved children of God and siblings of the resurrected Lord, God has heard you and given heed to your prayers. Therefore, go in peace to serve Christ and always be eager to do what is good. And now may God, who creates, redeems, and sustains, keep you steadfast in faith, buoyant in hope, and abounding in love. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.